Welcome to Unimpeachable, the songs of the presidents of the United States of America, with me, Jason Klom, and my co-host, Nick Rhodes. All right, so I didn't time it as well in the practice, Nick, but it, it No, I still, get it. You know what? You know, I'm not a DJ. <laughs> I'm not a DJ. You ever, you ever watch any of those DJs? From Full House? <laughs> yes. I'm not DJ from Full House either. I'm not Cameron, Cam, Candace Cameron. What's her name? Mm. You know, whatever her name is now. Um, uh, hi, guys. This is a podcast about the discography of the presidency of the United States of America before we get any of this bullshit out of the way, because uh, it actually turns out I have a little more time than I thought, Nick. So it's unfortunately, we're going to be off the rails quick and for a long time. Oh, yes. There is nothing better in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just so you guys know, we're also one of those podcasts where <laughs> we say it's a thing that we're talking about, and it kind of is. And, you know, gets off to a great start. You ever watch one of those videos, though, of, like, those DJs who have been doing it since the 60s and, like, they know the drops by heart and they're just, like, it's Oh, so my gosh. Uh, isn't there a uh, – there's a compilation. There's a name for that, and I don't know what the name I is. Know. But of, like, when – like, because you intro as the song is playing mm-hmm. and then you stop right before they start singing. There's a name for that. And there's a compilation of this dude – relevant maybe to this podcast because i think he was from seattle okay and there's just a compilation of him doing it and it is flop like he never rushes oh, man. it's always measured and he always nailed like it's so good it's just like this weird magic like i know there are a couple songs i could probably do it with maybe i don't know what what are your thoughts do you have a song you think you could do that with where you know it i mean you're a musician though so you, you would probably be better at it I mean, not necessarily, unless like like it, improvising an intro. I don't know how. That's if I also could do it hard that part of it, yeah, because huh? they've got it right. Because being like, and it's three thirty on this Saturday evening, and make sure that your kids are in bed because guess what? It's about to get rowdy in here. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. somebody. Wants, <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense because it actually starts with somebody wants to me. Anyways. <laughs> What if that started out with like a beautiful orchestral, just like, can you remix that song so that it, it's just got this long Disney-esque orchestral opening and then out of nowhere? Like, that would be great. <laughs> oh, that'd be magical. I would start to like Smash Mouth again. No, you wouldn't. Nah, I hope not. I hope not. I got a good friend who swears by, like, sincerely, he says he likes them sincerely and I don't know what to do about it. I have a friend who's uh, friends with... Uh, the writer, not Steve Harwell, uh-huh. uh, but uh, the writer of Smash Mouth's songs. And, Wait, they uh, have a standalone, not performing writer? No, he's part of the oh, band. okay. I'm being a little bit tactful. Oh, okay, sure, uh, sure. <laughs> and, does he happen uh, to handle their social media by chance? He does not. Okay, and good. he's also, like, legitimately great musician okay. and a phenomenal songwriter, uh-huh. like, by all accounts. Sure. Well, here's the thing. Just, like, I did buy their, not their first album. I bought whatever the one was. No, Astro Lounge. Yeah, I, I bought the one that everybody bought. And, yeah, uh, not the one with Walking on the Sun, but the one with All Star. No, it was the one with Walking on the Sun on it. Oh, that's the first okay, one. Okay, so I did buy their first album, um, <laughs> I guess. And I thought it was great, because I don't, I don't know. But the, it is hooky and catchy. Like, it's, it's kind of, when you're... 16, I guess, 17, however old I was. I mean, even now, I would say that there's no... I think that there's 
stuff about it that is still like catchy. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. Look, uh, 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 what's that? Billy Corgan is not a great singer, mm-hmm. but I love the Smashing Pumpkins uh-huh. because, like, you know, there's something else about it. Sure. There's still an energy to Smash Mouth mm-hmm. that's infectious if you're willing to take a minute. And this is going to be relevant mm-hmm. to today's podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring it all Please. back around. I don't, not I just don't, yet. Oh, right. No, I don't doubt it. Teasing. Sure, thank you. Teasing it. For a second in my brain, so I was then conflating. I'm like, wait a minute. Smash Mouth didn't cover Hallelujah in Shrek, did they? Like, no, dumbass. They did play both those songs. Uh, now I do want to hear Smash Mouth doing Leonard Cohen. Well, similar to uh, what, Deftones or Disturbed or one of them mm-hmm. did the Sound of Silence yes. on an album recently? kind of sounded yeah. okay, though. I'll give them that. That's fine. I just can't. Also, just for fun. Yes. Uh, if this comes through, this is a uh, back-to-back of you <laughs> and Mario Cipollina, the bass player from the news. <laughs> oh, my God. And again, for a second, I thought one of those was Nick Cave because, again, when I was young with the long hair and the terrible hairline, uh, I, I looked enough like Nick Cave. That's great for the listener at yeah, home. Yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy so- that shit. <laughs> if they just want a picture who's at the other end of this, it's uh, uh, Barry Gibb with a bigger forehead mm-hmm. and Mario Cipollina mm-hmm. yeah. from the news. There we go. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Uh, so this album, I did not end up hearing until we decided to do this podcast where I'm like, oh, there's a gap. Uh, really? Yeah, so I had to buy this one. Okay. Well, when we decided to do the podcast about a year ago. So I bought it about a year ago and I've since heard it a lot. And I know I've heard a few of the tracks mm. stand alone before, but no, I, I, I have very little experience with this album. Uh, when did you purchase and hear this album yourself? Uh, it, when I got into the presence. Okay. But yes. here's the thing. Mm-hmm. When I first got into it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out right now because I know that in my head I've kind of been thinking about this, mm-hmm. and so I know I'm going to use a word mm-hmm. Uh, uh, quite often okay. in this breakdown, but there's a pejorative sense of this word, uh-huh. and then there's the way that I'm going to use it, which is not pejorative. Okay. It just means something else. So I'm going to try to define it right now. Sure. I'm going to use the word gimmick a lot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I don't mean gimmick as like an easy way to like strike up something. It, like mm-hmm. when, when I say gimmick, I'm, I'm meaning like shtick. Mm-hmm. Or gestalt, like sure. like a, a, a through line that also has like a, a cohesive, uh, 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 identifiable thing mm-hmm. to be like, oh yeah, that thing, you okay. know, like the gimmick. Yep, no, that's fair. Okay. okay, I know that gimmick could be like, oh, c- a carrot top. I'm not talking <laughs> when I say it. It's not meaning that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. No, thank you for establishing this. this is- I'm gonna use that word. Good. I swear. That's. Uh, uh-huh. What if you don't? But when I first heard this album, Mm -hmm. because I had listened to, you know, the first two albums a lot Mm -hmm. and then was like, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) I I listened to it and I was like, oh, that's that's a guitar with all the strings. Uh Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh And for me, like at the time when this came out. So remember, like 2000, I am. 14, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm an idiot. Sure. Uh, <laughs> as, as we are. And uh, the thing is, I just kind of, like, I because 
the gimmick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was gone. I wasn't. I didn't have an in into like taking the time with the songs. Okay. It's like when I got when I was like first getting into jazz. Uh huh. My infamous jazz phase. Sure. It was. I was the most insufferable person oh, on the I planet. Bet. I bet. <laughs> I needed to buy jazz albums that had guitar on them because I was a guitarist at the time. Okay. So you needed an in. Right. Okay. And so for this, there was no like. Oh well, they're using weird instruments, okay. or they're t- they they have these completely surreal songs, things like Bug City, right. or you know, it's true. It doesn't like have that same flavor to it. Yeah, so I kind of discounted it, but I have to say that revisiting it now, mm-hmm. revisiting it, say it with me now, revisiting, revisiting it. Revisiting it now, uh-huh, uh-huh. like it has so much more relevance and poignancy to me sure, now. I can see that. I think there are flaws on this album, no right, doubt. Right, right, right. But uh, I, I, I like it a lot more now. Okay, I can see that. Well, because I mean, it, it, it tracked with me pretty much immediately. I mean, there's some things that weird me the fuck out, but there's always one or two tracks on their their albums that scare me or creep me out. So that's that's gonna happen. I feel like really quickly I should point out this is not this is their third like album album because the the third right. one that they released was pure frosting which is a mix of live stuff it's got a bunch of we're going to just we'll talk about this later obviously because some of this yeah stuff which the studio released it is yeah yeah so there and there's because that was what sony or whoever they're with columbia i have no idea you tell me okay there's, there's literally a song in there called hot carl and i don't think i've heard it uh and i'm afraid of it um but i mean i'm looking forward to it um it's about jensen carp <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to listen to that one? Well, you know, we can, you know, here's the thing is I guess we can listen to some of these slightly out of order and then, because I think some of the, yeah, okay, yeah, there's a giant list of singles here that were never released on a thing. I definitely mm. bought the George of the Jungle soundtrack basically for their song. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what else is on here? Where's Cleveland Rocks? I know it's on something. I remember taping uh, that Cleveland off Cleveland Rocks the TV. is on Pure Frosting. It's on Pure right? Frosting. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Along with Video Killed the Radio Star, which is another, like, I really thought I was being a heavy collector by, like, taping stuff off the TV and didn't know anything about anything. Which is so funny because that version is in Wedding Singer, which takes place yeah. in the 80s, uh-huh. but the original version is on Empire Records, which takes place in the 90s. It's Yeah, that's weird. Oh, it's bizarre. I only just saw Anyways. Empire Records for the first time recently. Let's not go off on a jag on that. No, oh, no. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what to say. I like Ethan Embry. That's, there's something. Ethan Embry's this weird guy who still exists, but he doesn't really. There was a period of time where Ethan Embry was Ethan Embry for like two or three movies, including, of course, That Thing You Do, which is one of the greatest movies ever. Um, Rory Cochran, right? Sure. Rory Cochran's in that? I don't know who the fuck <laughs> He's great. He's I in. Uh, he's in that. He's in Scanner Darkly. He's mm-hmm. he's phenomenal. These weird indie kids that are in these movies. That's fine. Right? Yeah. And right. Well, uh, uh, these weird indie kids. Yeah. Renee Zellweger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Judy Garland you know herself. That indie darling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. Let's sort of stay on track for five seconds. Good luck. Sure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the album starts out with time. Is there somebody talking around me? Uh, yep, somebody very loudly in my alley. That's a delight. 
Um, anyway. Uh, that sounds like a president song. <laughs> Somebody very loudly in my alley. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, you know what? I'll just message, let's message Chris every time we come up with a song idea <laughs> for the reunion that they will do because of our podcast existing. Um, right. What's, okay. So, uh, so the album is released in yeah, 2000. 2000, correct. Uh, it's released directly to online mm-hmm. and then it has to get re-released on CD. Okay. See, this is a thing I did not know. How did you do, I mean, are you comfortable saying how you originally acquired it? I got it on CD. Okay, okay. All right, good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, I, so that would have been the... Well, actually, I probably got it through Napster. But, right. <laughs> or not Napster, but Kazaa or something Lime like that. Napster never worked for me. Oh, Anyways. No. Really? Weird. Uh, okay. But it was re-released in 2004 mm-hmm. on CD. I see. I see. So you would have uh, But it 2000, yeah. Um, yeah, I probably got it, listened to it through alternative means at the time. And sure. then bought it when I had the chance. Right, 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 right. Do you know what the first song you did? You hear a song off of it before you bought it, or just by its side? Jupiter, definitely. Oh, okay, so you, okay, well, because Jupiter was the big right. single. Okay, see, I, see, I, this I didn't, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what the singles were off of this damn thing. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I, it was it was out of my already out of my orbit, as it were. Um, I apologize for that, but I it was the only way to say it. But yeah, I, I no, absolutely. I'm I'm sure once we get to the later ones, I was very uppity and. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. There's probably one of them that I haven't really listened to that much. Right. And even this one, once again, haven't really listened to that much right. relative to the first two, which, I mean, there's entire summers where those albums played on repeat sure. in my car, where they just never left. What, do, what <laughs> if we get 90 minutes into this and we both reveal, no, I didn't listen to it either. Neither of us listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I the fan <laughs> podcast where no, this one was a pass for me. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's weird because like you and I, it's fun that we both got into them on the same album at totally different times in the world sure. timeline. Um, but uh, the world's the world's timeline. timeline. I don't know what I'm saying, Nick. <laughs> I have too many shows I try to keep on the rails, and then I just, uh, sometimes I give up. I, I love the idea of the world being like, well, according to my timeline, <laughs> it's, you are an insignificant speck. <laughs> Fair enough, world. I think, uh, well, I really like Tiny Explosions. It's a hell of a way to open an album. I mean, that is the one I opened the podcast with, for those who are not aware. that I mean, he says the words Tiny Explosions, so I guess you would know that. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pulling up Jupiter's lyrics as well, but I do have Tiny Explosion in front of me. Uh, what's Tiny Explosions about, Nick? What do we think? The uh, uh, rock and roll. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It follows in the great uh, <laughs> tradition of presidents' rock songs about rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it, it feels spiritually similar to you know, ladies and gentlemen from Presidents yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, they know how and, to kick off an album, man. Agreed. But what what I think, and whether this is conscious or not, there seems to be a definitive threading of the highway cones between how do we make a president's album mm-hmm. and how do we release the gimmick. Uh-huh. And remember, there's a there's, I'm saying gimmick in this thing because like immediately we get a, a entirely different guitar sound. Sure. There are six strings on that guitar, and it is obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like we're getting a definitive bass sound. Like it's right. 
it's simultaneously recapturing the original like riffy vibe sure, that the president has had sure. but like with a new sound so it, it's kind of like we, we don't need we don't need to just play you know a two string uh, uh b- ba- bass sitar and a, a three string uh, uh whatever mm-hmm. uh to be the presence right. like we can do our thing yeah like it seems to immediately make that clear yeah it's to the point where it opens with chris saying oh no bring up that sound bring up the drums bring up the guitar bring up the bass like he's doing all like which is like some like silly goofy shit but you're right like which it also doesn't change the volume in your like he's doing it in his headphones uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is great and then he's ready to go right it's not like uh tubular bells where mike oldfield is being like bass guitar and then the bass guitar <laughs> plays like everything is the same volume uh-huh. he's just being like and bring up the <laughs> it's a bit it's great yeah it is and it's they're they're capturing the comedy sure but also they're not talking about you know, uh, a bunch of freaks on a farm. That's true. That is true. <laughs> With no string guitars on their laps. <laughs> like it's 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 tighter. It's paring down, mm-hmm. and and it's it's moving into the mainstream, but in an authentic way. It's not like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, what's a what's a classic sellout album? I'm trying to think. You'll know better than I will. I don't no, I I don't think that I think that was their big hit album. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um uh, Astro Lounge by Sure. Oh no, Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray uh does fly uh-huh. and all of a sudden, like instead of a grunge rock band, they become like a pop band because they're like, Oh shit, that song does better. I see I've never I've heard that this is a thing, but since I've never heard them do grunge rock, that doesn't sound possible to me. I, 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 it's so weird to me that they were grunge rock first. Yeah, don't. I, I'm not saying go out sure. and check out those albums, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, but they were different. Now, was Fly uh, somebody's attempt to break up with somebody that they also hired them to do? Did you hear about that? Somebody, no, somebody, that's awesome. somebody paid uh, Mark McGrath through Cameo to break up with their significant other for them via Cameo. <laughs> because, now, if you're Mark McGrath, I mean, on a level, Hi. it's like, how many chances do you get to do this? But it's also like, this is a terrible thing to do to a human. I'm Mark McGrath <laughs> from the band Sugar Ray and apparently a game show host. Mm-hmm. He's just not that into mm-hmm. you. <laughs> Look, Todd just wants to fly. That's. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And then, and then he like accidentally quotes Smash Mouth and forgets that's not him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so if, that happened. If and I mean, this is all in jest. If uh, if your wife mm-hmm. through proxy uh-huh. was going to divorce you, oh, ooh, who do, who do I pick to have? Who would who would soften the blow <laughs> the most? Uh, oh, that's so hard because it would still hurt. Oh, obviously, sure, sure, sure. I'd want to pick some like in my mind. It's like, is it somebody I really admire? But no, if it's Conan, like Conan also, are would we going Livier Dead rules? Right. <laughs> oh yeah. See, we could. Uh, I mean, Phil Hartman. If if we're going Living or Dead, uh, but if we're Hi, going, Hi, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I, Lovely I, to see you here. Thank you for meeting me for lunch. <laughs> I've been I've been talking to your wife, and uh, she had a few things to uh, tell you. She didn't want to tell you herself, and I wanted to do this in a public place to avoid, you know. Uh yeah, Phil Hartman living or dead, but then if it had to be living, uh oh mm. boy, how do you how do you 
I will tell you, I'll, um, Stephen Root was very nice when I interviewed him, and he might do it like the most gentle, nicest way. He'd be very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, listen, follow. Listen. He'd just be nice, put his little hand on my hand, and be like, look, look, she's, again, she's just not that into you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How would you like a prop from news radio? <laughs> uh, that's what he would then say. Um, so I'd get, I guess I'd get a cons- consolation prize. And, and now there's like a wow factor. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. like- if it was, you know, Brad Pitt, sure. Oh, there'd you know, just be a wow factor. That's like he true. wouldn't even have to say that much. He'd just have to be like, "Hey, I'm sorry, you're getting divorced," and you'd be like, "Oh, you're beautiful." <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, would he and be it would doing take it with a, a mouthful of hit. food, though. It would because he'd have to have a burrito. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he's doing a character. Your wife uh, does a little thing where he gets he's stuff doing off the, side the of his oceans mouth. character. Ah, <laughs> uh, look. We're going to go do a heist. Uh, but first, your <laughs> wife is divorcing you. Okay, heist time. <laughs> uh, Sam I feel like someone would like, be good. Yeah, someone like a Jimmy Pardo would be so direct about it <laughs> that I feel like the bluntness would kind of like be like, oh. Hey, like, ass fuck. Duh. Your wife wants a divorce. All right? Have a good night. Bye. She's gone. Get over it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How long you been married now? Oh, oh, so about uh, 72 months. Okay. Uh, you know. <laughs> no, I did the math. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right all uh, right divorce by proxy celebrity <laughs> divorce by proxy that's i mean that's that's that, a business yeah it is it's we just reinvented a game show that i do not want to watch um <laughs> celebrity divorce by proxy <laughs> on <laughs> uh whatever i'm game in show network i mean you know uh, uh fuck it cmt <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would pay money to see uh, goddamn Dierks Bentley be like, sorry, every, <laughs> Miranda Lambertson. Everybody picks Toby Keith for fuck's sake. That, that'd that'd oh. probably be what it'd be. Hey, your wife wants you to fucking go to hell. Um, <laughs> Dude, like I that. know that these colors don't run, but your partner is. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we're literally in the middle of track one. Okay, but Tiny uh, Explosions is a good song. Uh, yeah, no, it is. It's very good. It's about tiny explosions. It's one of those. It's either a big metaphor for a small thing or a small metaphor for a big thing. They rarely talk about one thing directly. Uh, it literally, except on this album. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. We do. We yeah. There are some bits and pieces. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't go as far as the previous ones and sure. w- once we get to a certain track I'm really gonna hammer into that okay. because I think it's so I think it's so amazingly done but anyways tiny explosions I think is the closest mm-hmm. we get to like a classic president's song of the first two albums that's true there are a couple that have like they got this real nice country sound to them that is like uh verging on at least the sound of the other albums but not they're not written you're right they're not written in the same way and that sort of like esotericism, that like abstract, like stream of consciousness, uh, surreal fun, yeah. you know, that in like the crazy worlds of like, who is Chiggy? Mm-hmm. Like, why is Chiggy constantly showing up? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that sort of like weird thing. It, it doesn't happen here, which yeah. I think is great Sure, for what this album does instead. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, let's, do you want to move to track? Too. I'm trying to read my own damn notes, and they're terrible. I love that they're on index cards. Yeah, well, it's it's become like the only you're way. A late keep... night host. <laughs> All right, so what do we got Thank here? You. <laughs> oh fuck, that was my only card. Uh, why did they have to? Why did why do late night hosts have to like uh, like constantly uh, re? 
position their cards to be like symmetrical <laughs> uh, if they didn't they'd kill themselves i'll tell you right now that's 100 percent what it is i will bet the severe ocd that's in all of these insecure idiots and i say that mm. with love uh because i always sure. to host a late night show and uh, yeah it's still kind of my dream i'd do it um but i would need that too so I'd, i my ocd wasn't like i wasn't constantly on edge or I'd just take cbd before we started in which case it'd be fine it'd be great. <laughs> it'd be a great episode yeah, none of them were ever on drugs, right? They were all just no, drunk. Oh, yeah, mostly drunk. Yeah, mostly mm-hmm. drunk. I'd be curious to know which were more drunk than the others. Um, uh, I would say, from what I have heard, uh, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> hands no, that's down. Probably <laughs> true. That's probably true. Yeah, I'm off my ass tonight. Hey, uh, bring in Dean. <laughs> all right. Uh, yes. <laughs> just to let you know, your wife. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, she wants a divorce. Uh, so, uh, 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 problems in the sack, yeah. Huh? Well, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right you are. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to bring Ed for this, honey? Did you have to? <laughs> ah, Ed goes everywhere I go, uh, including uh, the bathroom. Uh, to the head. <laughs> I call it the head. I don't know why. I was never in the military, but I call it the head. I'm a yachtsman. <laughs> I can't do, see your thing. I'm trying to put my hands in my pockets, but I'm sitting down, so it doesn't quite have the same effect to it. But you have to do the physical stuff to do Johnny Carson. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's like G- Gary Busey. No one can do it without smiling like an asshole. Oh, my God. Can I tell you? I was once at Universal <laughs> City Walk when I worked there, and one day, out, out of nowhere, this hulk of a man comes blasting through like this, and then, oh, at the teeth like this and i'm like holy fuck and you just stand there because it's gary Busey. you don't know what to do with yourself you're like okay cool i mean it's not a story in terms of nothing happened except but was there also half a second where you were like is this nick Busey?" <laughs> yeah 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 like is 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 what's is he gonna kill me you see also? the teeth first yes exactly you see the teeth first so that's that is just this glaring light and there's like <laughs> and uh yeah it's frightening frightening mm. him yeah i get that yeah it was great. I mean, seeing celebrities out here. It was great. It was. It was. The best one that was seeing, uh, uh, what's his name, Kato Kalin, like three times. Every time it reminded me that I was in a good place in my life because I wasn't Kato Kalin. I was very sad. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like, all right, I'm not Kato Kalin. That's great. What a nice day I had today. Where did you work on City Walk? Margaritaville? Uh, no, I worked at, uh, I, I was a generally the assistant manager of all of it, sort of. So mostly the car. Of City Walk? Of City Walk, yeah, basically. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I quit very, very quickly because I hated it. Was there a, is there a like property manager of City Walk? Like a property management company that like rents out in the there whole thing? There must be. I was mostly in charge of like making sure people were doing shit right. Like if you ran a cart, uh, you had to wear the blue sh- shirt that we all had to wear. You had to make sure like this standards and practices. Out. Yeah, it was so fucking boring. The only good thing that ever came of that was one day I had to bring a walkie-talkie down the hill to get it fixed and back up. I walk and, and I got to use a cart, a golf cart, and so oh, I fuck. naturally took a stop off at the Hill Valley Courthouse so that I could stand on the steps and call, nice. my, call my friend and brag to him. But he was not there, so I had to leave. I don't think I left him a voicemail. I wasn't going to be that big of a dick. But I wanted to brag, but in person. I wanted like a... I love the, like, you have one new message from Jason Glob. <laughs> hey, on the steps. <laughs> He'd probably know. Uh, this friend Peace. would probably know exactly what I meant if I said that. Oh, it was a good time. Yeah, that's the only good thing I really got to do while doing that job. It was kind of terrible otherwise. No, I get it. Well, you saw Gary Busey. I saw Gary Busey. You're right. 
So. <laughs> Which also, uh, that doesn't sound like a president's song, but that definitely sounds like a song. It does sound like a song. Uh, are we talking about nothing but love now? Nothing but love. I'm going to say that this also is kind of a, a president's style jam. This sure. this album, ten, this album the, the punk is more punk uh-huh. and the pop is more pop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. In, in terms of they, they're more, they're in ter- track by track, they're more differentiated. They're not, it's not pop punk is what you're saying? Is this what you're saying? Yeah, and, but but also like uh, if it wasn't like a, a, a balls rocker, uh-huh. the, the slower jams, and I'm trying to think of tracks off the top of my head, uh-huh. but like something like a um, uh, you Leonard Skinner hat, me little chiggy mm-hmm. uh all those songs didn't really have like necessarily like a pop sensibility it was still like riffy mm-hmm. and like it, it had this like cohesiveness where all the songs kind of like stayed it, it's like a a, a two lane highway as opposed to like a four lane highway uh-huh. uh-huh yeah you know what i'm saying i do and this is more of a four-lane highway where, like, when they go all the way to the right lane, like, they're all the way in the right lane. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm trying to look at the... Trying to look at the lyrics here. Uh, there's lines about shooting out evil rays. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's called Nothing But Love, but what's it really about? What's it really about, Nick? <laughs> Uh, it doesn't go as far, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is also like the thing that's that's getting me about this album, which mm-hmm. which I I genuinely enjoy because the the funny thing is the experimentation is not like Bob Dylan going nuts, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Bob Dylan going from like a hard rain's gonna fall to being like uh, you know uh, in the uh, pub with the. Fiddler who's looking off in space and stars crashing upon your veg, whatever. Uh, Forgotten like, that one. Yeah, it's a great Bob Dylan mm-hmm. song. Uh, it really is trying to like tighten up and be like. I mean, yes, you shoot out Eva Rice, sure. but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's a lot tighter, and I think uh, it's fine. Fair. It's not one that sticks out to me on this album, right, to right, be right. honest. But it's a it's a it's a balls out rock song for sure and the chorus is you got nothing in your mind but love and you got nothing in your mind which you know they always like to play with words like that they're fun yeah so if if all you've got in your mind is love then you've got nothing in your mind at all because love is not thought based usually I guess is what they're saying or I'm reading way too much into it that's usually what I do (laughs) I have such a problem with uh, lyrics because Mm -hmm. There, there's always such a difficult thing of, especially once you a- enter into people saying like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, do, do I? <laughs> right. Ooh, I'm not sure now. <laughs> well, it's whatever you want it to be. That's not the answer. What's the right answer? Don't. Am I right? Do I get it? (laughs) This is what this happens every day on the fucking. They might be giants Wikipedia shit or their wiki pages (laughs) because that is all they're about is discussing the meanings of their lyrics. And they might be giants are more than happy to dissuade you of any idea, like let the concept you have any idea what's going on. Uh, Like you can, they're very much like 
here's a loose concept that if you can put it into words, great. Because uh, mm. my wife loves They Might Be Giants, and she can tell me what one of their songs is about. I'm like, I would never have gotten that. You've, she's also <laughs> heard, them, heard them a million times and thinks about lyrics. I don't as much as I would like to. Uh, it's it's the classic Puff the Magic Dragon, dragon sure, Syndrome. Sure, yeah, 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 very much so. If you don't listen, so many people thought that was about a dragon, and so many people thought that was about weed. Mm-hmm. And Peter, Paul, and Mary themselves were like, "Wait, is it about weed? <laughs> wait, did you? Wait, is it? oh no, Puff the Magic Dragon. Oh, oh, oh. <sighs> I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I guess. I mean, we. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, God, how many times do you think those people have been asked about that fucking song? Like, that's what, if, if, if any of the Peter Paul and Mary, I think, oh, I don't know if they're all still alive. Pete Yarrow's still alive. But if you were to interview him. Mary is definitely alive uh, and has some very uh, uh, firm opinions. Oh, okay. uh, last time I saw Peter Paul and Mary, mm-hmm. he introed before they sang it by saying, uh, this song is about a magic dragon. <laughs> And nothing else. <laughs> and then I think he had like a cutesy tag where he, where he was like, and that's from the dragon father's mouth or something like that. And I was just kind of like, wasn't needed. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's fucking weird. It's fucking hippies, man. I don't, I don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she, she went off. It was funny because it was also a time in politics where there wasn't that much to talk about. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. Dragons. Apple dragons. We forget that. I'm trying uh, to remember last time I saw Peter Paul and Mary. I don't remember who was president. Maybe she was criticizing Bush. Uh-huh. I don't remember. Okay. Well, that you've it seen them live ago. at all is kind of that's kind of great. You saw them live. Thank you. Where did you? See? Yeah, they didn't play Lemon Tree. I was pissed. I'm sorry, but Lemon Tree very. Pretty. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, but the flower is. Uh, but the fruit is uh, bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly how the song goes. That's pretty, is, but the lemon. Flowers, but the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. A very straightforward uh-huh. song. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, no, this is definitely about how love is terrible. Um, yeah, and, you know, I don't know what Tiger Bomb's about. It's interesting though uh, to bring it into Peter Paul and Mary a little <laughs> bit. Sure, let's go there. For an album coming out in 2000 from a band that was in the 90s, uh-huh. so much of the 90s was a sort of um, a, a reinvention of the 60s, uh-huh. especially like classic rock-esque sure. and uh, uh, even like flower power-esque bands. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can you can draw parallels between like '90s music and like you know, like the Hollies or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this, like, even like nothing but love, to a certain extent, kind of reads more to me sound-wise, mm-hmm. like sonically, especially <laughs> with the twelve-string guitar, or twelve, six-string mm-hmm. guitar. I'm giving them more strings. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Reads to me more of like a a, a, a '60s progression. Mm-hmm than their previous stuff which was that. like all riff based you know yeah i mean i i can all yeah if 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 there were a more stripped down less produced version of it i, I can definitely hear it sounding like a 60s song too um mm. is there a trying to look do they do a demo of it because this album did you listen to do yes. you have the demos on your version i'm assuming towards yeah. the because it's yeah it's uh track 16 track 16 right okay so uh, what did I put here? All I put was high pass vocals. Uh, so that's, I like a lot of the demo versions actually, uh, quite a bit. I don't always dig a demo, um, but fuck this. Sorry. <laughs> Keep dropping my card. I, I, I don't always dig a I demo. Really, sometimes though. 
Sometimes. I mean, I, I, I have nine albums of Andy Partridge demos, and most of them are great. But he's Andy Partridge, and he's a special kind of genius. Um, but these are, I don't know. I, I like the stripped-down demos of most of these songs, actually. Interesting, yeah. And, I mean, uh, I don't have the facts on this, but, like, it seems like there's so much of President's albums that are, like, re-recording demos that uh, Chris Ballou did in, like, 1984 uh-huh. or whatever. <laughs> I have, okay, I have one set of facts that I can read to you, um, and I'll tell you where they come from. uh, This is about this album, uh, and uh, it is on Amazon. It is a review from 2013, and the reason I know these are facts is that they were written by Dave Dieterer. Uh, He wrote his own review of his album, (laughs) gave it it a generous five stars. Uh, as as he should. Wait, is this is this an episode of Second uh, Opinion? Of... How did this get yeah, made? I think so. Uh, so uh, here we go. <clears throat> Dave Dieterer says, "Hey, cool cats and kitties. This is Dave Dieterer from the Presidents. I was doing a little back catalog perusal today on the interwebs, and seeing this listed on Amazon, I am reminded that this is my favorite Presidents album. He puts in all caps, and the one I personally listen to for enjoyment, as if it were by another band, the Beatles. Let's say, for sake of argument." <laughs> <laughs> we made this record when the band was broken up. A friend uh, was part of Music Blitz, one of many uh, digital music set- startups of the day. And even though we were broken up and said we wouldn't get back together or do any promo, they wanted us to do the rec- record anyway. We rehearsed, recorded, and mixed the whole album in a week of banker's hours at Martin Fever, uh, Fever Years Jupiter Studios with Martin and engineer Joe Irvy, now a hot chef, at the controls. I love all the details. <laughs> this is so great. Yeah. Uh, this is, again, why I was trying to get him on the show today, trying so hard. Um, this... There's also like a little bit of like it's details, mm-hmm. but like details with spice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now a hot chef. I know. So good. Uh, this record is so fresh. Again, all caps, because we were literally learning the songs and then recording them. Some of the songs date back many, many years prior to the recording dates, e.g. Meanwhile, Back in the City, Blank Baby, and some were written on the spot or rather on my bike in my head on the way to the studio. Death Star. I'm mad. Uh, specifically, uh, maybe Death Star, perhaps. Jazz. Oh God, jazz. <laughs> That's uh, that will be insane when we talk about. It. Uh, while we didn't tour uh-huh. or promote the album, we agreed to do a webcast of the album live, and also made a video for Tiny Explosions, which my friend Chris Young directed under no budget. You can find parts of the webcast World Tour featuring our buddy Mc- Duff McKagan on bass throughout the set, and the video for Tiny yeah. Explosions uh, out there somewhere. The World Tour footage shot at live at Jupiter Studios with a small audience is, in my humble opinion, fantastic. So that is all. That is by Dave Dieterer. Um, I love, I just love that that's what he's, wait, how many things has he reviewed on Amazon? At some point, at some point I now want to just go through and read all of his Amazon reviews. Also, I'm going to be honest, uh-huh. I was watching mm-hmm. uh, those videos today, yeah. uh, the, the, the simulcast, mm-hmm. and I did not realize that that was Duff McKagan. That's really funny. Uh, I Because like, he's on there and, and that's, I mean... Uh, Guns and Roses. <laughs> yeah, is he as distinct looking as the other two? Because I only know what Axel no. and, and Slash look like. So no, he looks like he looks like a classic rocker. He could be from any classic rock band. What about a Buckethead? What does a Buckethead look like? Is he distinct? The, looking? You know Buckethead because he's wearing that bucket. <laughs> he <laughs> never not wears that bucket. Are you kidding me? Does he actually wear a bucket? Nobody knows who he is. Are you kidding me? You can look it up. There are more people who say that uh, uh, Banksy is definitively one of the dudes from Massive Attack than there are people who definitively (laughs) say who Buckethead is. That is remarkable to me. Wow. Buckethead. 
That is fucking mm-hmm. phenomenal to me. I mean, folks just call him Buckethead. Wow. Uh, That's commitment to a bit. I mean, nobody, nobody would know who you are. You're in the biggest band in the world, and you don't have to fucking get disturbed going down the street. That's pretty great. Buh, so bizarre. Of course, Anyways. then there's uh, Axel who's Well, I mean... But also, uh, the best gig of all time is being the understage guitar player for U2. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, huh? Like, you are the biggest band, mm-hmm. uh, presumably one of the biggest bands of all time, mm-hmm. and no one will ever know who you are, and you are definitely getting a good cut of that money. That's so weird. That's I didn't know this was a thing. That's oh, Yeah. Because uh, I saw them live once. It was too overwhelming to appreciate. It was There's too much going on. Elevation tour? Uh, Was Was it it the heart stage? Uh, Might have been elevation. I don't know. Mm. Um, Oh, wait. Is this an episode of you talking you two to me? It's going to be real brief because I don't remember any of it. It was the the nosebleeds at the Staples Center, and it was too much. There was too much show. I'm like, this I think is good, but I can't see them. It's not like I, I did see the. I was going to call it the Staples Center. Yeah, the Staples Center. So it's too massive in New York to, uh, here, the one here in LA. So oh, it's okay. too massive to see anything. Yeah, like it's huge Even screens. But then I go and see uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Foo Fighters, like an acoustic Foo Fighters show. Yeah, and that was at the Ooh. Pantages, which is smaller, closer. Yeah. And it's acoustic, and that that was more important and impressive to me than this massive million dollar show that U two is putting on because you more personal, you know. You're like, there's lights. Mm-hmm. That's mostly what I'm That's seeing. That's mostly what and was I happening. I think they're playing Bullet with Blue Sky. <laughs> and every time he says it, I can't help but think, why does he say Catorce? I can't get over it. <laughs> it just really bothers the shit out of me. <laughs> there's no reason. There's no reason, I, Bono. Stop it. I get it. Oh, God. The thing that I love about that review, especially, mm-hmm. is that like I uh, the the idea that they they did it in such a short amount of time, mm-hmm. and it was just done purely as like a. I mean, he says they were broken up at the time. Uh-huh. I'm not sure about that timeline. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because they definitely got back together mm-hmm. to do like you know sporadic things here and there. Sure, but. Regardless of that, it was done in such a short period of time, and it was just done for like, hey, let's record an album, and that energy comes across. Yes, you know what I'm saying for sure. Yeah, there's like a there's like a I wouldn't call it frantic, but I'd call it like uh 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 spontaneity, like uh kind of like uh I mean you think of uh. Just even in tiny explosions, there's that the the, uh, the melody line of dun dun but then you know it's just kind of like I don't know it feels it feels like good. a night honestly like a perfect I mean some people search their whole lives for those like perfect poppy chords and like these perfect progressions and shit that sounds perfectly beautiful and expressive and like will stick in your head forever like i mean that was always supposedly the 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 fight not the the internal fight that john lennon had where he's like yeah nobody's ever <laughs> going to be whistling uh you know <clears throat> fool on a hill or something whatever one he wrote like some super complicated dumb shit uh whereas like god is a concept exactly right <laughs> whereas he knew he must have known that paul mccartney knew how to write a catchy song just intuitively 
And the, oh, the amount of times I just get, maybe I'm amazed by the way you love me all the time. I mean, how are you? Like, you can't resist. And now that will be stuck in my head. But it's a, it's an okay earworm. So the idea that mm-hmm. they can come up with shit like that basically on the fly and be such professionals that on the fly they're this good. Within a week, a week of banker's hours, as he put it. So 40 hours it took them to make this album. 40-hour <laughs> album. Can you? That's great. How many other bands do you think... Even with some of the demos in their their back catalog ready to go, how many bands would necessarily be able to do this? I I just don't know. S- supposedly, Atlantis Morissette did in a day. <laughs> All right. Well, the, apparently, Jagged Little Pill was recorded in a day. <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't. I mean, like on 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 a level that is kind of a perfect album. Uh, like in, in mm. terms of like how it sounds. I never listened to the lyrics. It's probably a positive. You know what's funny is like apparently she got really shamed about ironic, which actually technically ironic, ironically enough, is more ironic than it's just not dramatically ironic. So technically, right. those things are ironic. So she's not. So that poor woman's beating herself up all the time because she she didn't say isn't it dramatically ironic? Isn't this an example of dramatic <laughs> irony? Don't you think? <laughs> I'm talking about a different literary device. <laughs> it's crazy. You specific assholes. <laughs> Alanis Morissette and Presidents. That's I'd I'd listen to that. If they got together. I would listen to them get together with any band. Oh yeah, absolutely. Once I heard that they uh, at one point were collaborating with uh, who was it? MC Hammer? No, Sir Mix a Lot. <laughs> MC Hammer. Hell yeah! Remarkable. Like, but, what is the yeah? What is the presence of the United States Lizzo album sound like? Holy that fuck. would be amazing. <laughs> Holy shit! Are you kidding? Right? Like, just with the like the sheer balls they have as musicians to play three string and three string and two strings, and the the guts she has to do everything she writes which is like the most like audacious beautiful big like and that's not no part like just huge honest music it's like holy fuck okay this should happen um mm. even though she's like the biggest star in the world right now um once thing calms things calm down for lizzo shout out to uh todd cooper getting me into lizzo early really long before anyone really else. Yeah, Todd Cooper was like uh, uh, listening to Lizzo right now, and I was like, "Who the fuck is Lizzo?" Uh-huh. Why I censored that one? I, I don't know. know. Uh, but then I went and I was like, "Ooh, Lizzo!" And I was like talking to all my friends. I was like, "You listen to Lizzo?" And they were like, "No." Mm. <laughs> and then six months later, like a year later, they were like, "Fuck, you're right." <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this an episode of Talking Todd? Talking Todd. This Let's is do it. Hit the mark. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Here, let me tell you what I like about Todd Cooper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that he smokes a pipe. <laughs> he smokes a pipe. I mean, I'm not surprised, um, but that's remarkable. Uh, <laughs> Tiger Bomb. Tiger Bomb. Here we go. Um, she. I love the intro to this. Oh, yeah, no, it's remarkable. Uh, I wish my phone with the drums dead. playing, and then ooh, she plays drums like a queen. Also, I've listened to this so many times right now, trying to figure mm-hmm. out if he is actually like singing the intro or just kind of like meandering until the music starts and then being like there it is uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> key wise <laughs> i uh this is a uh, i was gonna play it but now my phone is basically dead so i did not plan too well um so that we could talk about bits and pieces of it but uh it's good. It is no, it is good. Of course, uh, I'm trying to. Fig- I'm realizing again. I didn't listen to the lyrics that closely. Um, mm. She plays the drums like a queen. Got the prettiest hi hat mm-hmm. symbol I've ever seen. 
It, it brings a little bit that intro. Like, Ooh, she plays the drums like a queen. It rings a little bit of like, you know, once again, like a... a uh, you, Leonard Skinner and Hat, yeah, yeah, me, yeah. little kitty. But like, it's the next evolution of that. I, I like that, when like, he does Tiger Bomb. I mean, they, they know how to write a hook, man. Yeah. Uh, it's got a nice lilting. I like when he does the lilting voice. Uh, of course, this one's got a few more people singing. This album's got a few. That's another thing, too, is like, it's. A little more non-Chris vocals on a few things. A lot more non-Chris <laughs> vocals for sure. Uh, uh, lead vocals. Uh, but here's the thing, and this is what I will say uh, as a criticism. Ooh. This is my first criticism. Ooh, okay. This is uh, <laughs> classic Nick Crit. <laughs> Hello. I had to uh, make out my criticisms. I had to let them know. <laughs> you know. Is sometimes you just need your opinion known. Uh, <laughs> I forgot uh, when you're critical, you become uh, from New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> uh, thank you for realizing the the difference in the accent. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Uh, there's a lot of repeating on this album. Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say that there there's repeating things. That feels purposeful, uh-huh. and some of the repeating things on this mm-hmm. happens at the end of the song, uh-huh. <laughs> and it feels like, oh shit, the song is a minute 24, oh, right. and we need it to at least make it to two minutes. <laughs> yeah, because it's a short-ass album. It's not that many tracks if you don't count the bonuses, really. Right. It's it's like, what, is it maybe a 35-minute album if you don't have the bonus tracks? I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's very maybe. Short. It's very short. So. And uh, I... It, the repeating stuff, it, it feels a little bit tagged on to me. Like, even yeah. friggin' Tiny Explosions. Mm-hmm. They say Tiny Explosions so many times. <laughs> and, like, to a certain extent, it kind of feels like a Family Guy gag where, like, it gets, like, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, all right. <laughs> right. It doesn't have maybe the same ebbs and flows of a traditional president's song which knows when to come in and when to leave and uh yeah and and as much like i would say a typical president's song has an overabundance of material in the song uh-huh, uh-huh. there's too much going on yeah so repeating stuff and this song does have too much going on i would say mm-hmm. in the best way possible like you know i mean all the various things that happen mm-hmm. are great Right. That lead to, you know, Tiger Bomb. Uh-huh. Uh, but like the end, it's just kind of like it doesn't it doesn't pay off for all of that that busyness. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's fair. Um I had to drop my Tiger Bomb. That's what he mm. says at the end. So yeah. Sad. So sad. Although the uh the so uh I remember when when I was in, when I was in school studying music, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> I have a diploma in my throat that I need to oh, okay. uh, get out to sure. show you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, like uh, Beethoven, if you listen to Beethoven, oh Ludwig von Beethoven, Ludy Van, Ludy Vans, he like when you listen to the symphonies and shit, everything ends with like, bum. Bum 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 
bum, 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 professorial approach to that was always like you know you build up all this energy and uh-huh. that's kind of how he pays it all off is like kind of like dissipating it like being like okay we we finally got to the end right i took you through all of these things that mm-hmm. happened in this musical piece and now we we've reached a climax mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna make that climax like spend the energy that i've made you build up sure okay reasonable and uh i I get a little bit of that here Mm -hmm. but it still doesn't quite pay off that's fair i mean that's that's reasonable do you okay so full given the fact that it's uh it was a seemingly rushed album uh Mm. based off of that still like it seems like the final product is still pretty good for being pretty great for being rushed um so i mean it's way better than anything i've ever made <laughs> uh, right 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 yeah it's, it's how it feels right yeah uh but it, it's a great album yeah i think i think the things that i've said where it feels like the the process is is visible mm-hmm. like the seams are visible mm-hmm. of like we're using we're using uh, six strings on the guitar this time. Like you know, those mm. things feel salient and and part of the texture. It doesn't melt in where you're like, "This is a great song." You know that they're using six strings on that guitar. What? I didn't realize. <laughs> no, I know, I know, right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? The you sound s- is different. You still couldn't. I still would never give this to somebody as. My, their first introduction to them at all uh like maybe of all their albums i wouldn't give them this album first um, no there's yeah ev- even shit i don't know man the next two albums are even more presidency than this one i hadn't thought about sure? it really until you brought it up i was wondering why it felt weird and i guess i hadn't thought i had forgotten the, the whole uh that they're not using their old instruments thing i'd forgotten that entirely so yeah. it's just like it feel. I love it. I still love it, but it still feels totally different than any other. But ones. I wonder if the highs are higher, as the next song will exemplify. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, it's so fucking quick. Um, and it's one of those that is so poetic. Uh, and clearly, I like straightforward. Yeah, and I like when he writes in character. Um, because it's right. un- it's unabashed because it, I feel like if we seriously thought he was this dude, we wouldn't like him. But I think we've talked about it before. He's a dude who can do these different characters. And I never assume that they're anything more than a part of his, you know, subconscious. And I'm like, oh, OK, mm. cool. I'm I'm on board. It's it's the same. Like if somebody's got a shitty bad guy image and then they, they make a song about what a bad guy they are and they keep writing a bunch of songs about what a creep or a bad guy they are. It's like you get suspicious. He you writes, might be a creep. Right, right, exactly. So he, it, but if he, you write songs about what a creep you are, you might be a creep. I'd forgotten that uh, that long lost Jeff Foxworthy bit. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those where it's like he can write in character, and I I have no, there's no question about it's. I'll say, bring up they might be giants again. It's the same thing. They write about all kinds mm. of weird shit that's in their subconscious, but I would never. Because they write so unabashed about them and in certain ways that are clearly character things or clearly analyses of their own fucking fucked up brains. I'm like, okay, mm. cool. I'm I'm along for the ride and I don't mind you 
saying these terrible things or or slightly dickish things because they're in character. I don't know. I I look too deeply into these things sometimes. Where I don't want to. Yeah, judge it's the, the opposite of Weezer. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, where like you listen to Weezer and you're like, this is what Rivers Cuomo thinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, also, did you know he wrote this with an Excel sheet? Um, so <laughs> it drives me crazy every time. Uh, One. <laughs> there are several, uh, yeah, and right. they are cross-referenced <laughs> by interns. Do you want to see my Excel sheets? No, Rivers. No, 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 no. Come over and you can look at look at my laptop. Oh, great, cool. That'll be uh, but last girl on earth. For me, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a, a banger, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's a highlight of the album for mm-hmm. me because it is so straightforward and it's also a point where it, the, the, the progression of the presence is subtle mm-hmm. because it's not, hey, we're playing instruments with more strings now. Like our sound is the same but different. Mm-hmm. It's not as straightforward. This is an opportunity where Last Girl on Earth would have been Tiki God. Like, it would have been a song about a dude facing down the last girl on Earth. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, there's been an apocalypse or something. Like, that Mm -hmm. would have been been the Tiki God era precedence. It's not. Mm -mm. It's, It's just him talking about if she, like, it's just a straightforward love song. Yeah, that's a good point. Or anti-love song, sure, whatever sure, you sure. want to whatever. see it as. But, but it is so great because yeah. it is tight, mm-hmm. relatable, mm-hmm. and perfect. Well, and it's also very much, uh, it's the kind of, uh, if you do it right, the kind of poetry that doesn't rhyme, where it's literally, it's just like, no, these are some lines I've got to get out. There's some shit I'm getting off yes. my chest, but it's also perfectly fine as music. It doesn't need to rhyme. Uh, it's just a bunch of shit that he's talking about and talking about. And honestly, that stuff happens in bits and pieces in later albums, too. So I think this is kind of a, a breakthrough on that level where mm. while I love them hiding behind insane metaphors, it's great when they don't, too. Like, it, it's to be able to fucking do this and also do the other shit they do is kind of impressive, uh, even with all the repetition, because there's a ton in this one, too. But it's definitely. But this one, I feel like, is slightly more earned. Mm-hmm. In the context of the album, it isn't because they keep doing uh-huh. it. But for this song as a standalone, mm-hmm. it's it, because it's such a it, it, it comes off as an emotional repetition. Yes, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying for sure. Whereas the other stuff is just like maybe filler, maybe yeah. just keep you into the hook for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, also, it could at any point launch into Secret Asian Man, which I think would be sure. Great. Sure. Is there any part in this song that stands out to you musically that like? Because I'm not thinking of the hook other than the chorus like I, I can't think of anything again you would probably be picking apart the music more than i would um because this is so lyrically heavy um mm-hmm. is there anything in here that stands out musically like it does in the other stuff to you if i remember correctly mm-hmm. i think it's mixed where everything is hard pan stereo oh okay which is an old George Martin Beatles move, mm-hmm. uh, so that it, uh, so that th- it, things don't go out of phase, mm-hmm. basically. Because if you have things in the same spectrum of the stereo uh, 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 spectrum, shit. Uh, what happens is like uh, frequencies can be out of phase, and so it'll make it sound like thinner, or it'll basically just mess with how you're mixing. Uh-huh. 
but he's like hard panning guitars and stuff, which I think is uh, uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, it's just a. It reminds me <laughs> of Nickelodeon shows. <laughs> the sound of the song. Okay. Yeah, like because it. God, you last girl. On yeah, it, no, you know? I can see that for sure. I mean, it could have been on Pete and Pete. Right, 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 right. I'm actually... And the thing that everybody loves about Pete and Pete is that it was earnest and sincere, sure. and that's what I feel about this song, and that's what the music kind of... It's a banger, yes. you know, to a certain extent. Uh, Not as much as Jupiter. Sure, sure, but, sure. You know, or Tiger Bomb. Right, right, right. But, yeah. No. Well, no, Tiger Bomb wasn't the banger, but Last Girl on Earth, a little bit more of a Did banger. Did do any theme songs to kids' shows? I don't know if that ever happened or not. Maybe. It's possible. I mean, by now you would think so, since he does kids' music, since Chris does kids' Yeah, uh, Casper Baby fans. Yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm looking, and none of these are... None of these are obviously... Um, oh, that's right. They covered Saplan pour moi. That's a very... Dan Poffenmeyer. Get on it. <laughs> do it. I will tell you, I mean, I have this I have this animation thing that I'm trying to pitch, and it, it occurred to me as I was writing it the other day, I'm like, oh, I it would be the biggest mistake of my life to not first ask the presidents to reunite for a moment. Just Great, please. we're going to talk about this off mm-hmm, mic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to. Absolutely we will. Uh, jazz guy. Oh my God, this one, mm. this is, okay, there's always one on every one of their albums that makes me really uncomfortable, and it's just the vocals on this, and the like, the hard, crunchy, like, the fact that it is the least jazz sounding thing in the whole album, obviously. Sure. I mean, the album has no, no jazz on but it. but if you want to well, talk about I mean, jazziness as a, as a concept, it is not that. It is hard and gravelly feeling and upsetting to me. Which is... So, so uh, after what is maybe the most sincere song on uh-huh, the album, uh-huh. which is Last Girl on uh-huh. Earth, you get what could be considered the most ironic song yeah. on the album. Yeah. Like, from every... Like, like <laughs> Randy Newman might be like, uh, <laughs> I need a little bit more sincerity on this. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so crazy to uh-huh. me that, like, it's fundamentally like a hard banger punk yes. song. Right. right, and like even uh, uh, Dave Dieter's vocals mm-hmm. are distorted. Mm-hmm. To, you know, everything's distorted. And they're kind of buried in the whole mix. You can hear them distinctly, it's, but they're very because they're so low, and so is everything else. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking and it's super riff based. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you know he says like I want to learn all the chords, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, and it's like there there are no chords. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, solo till everyone in the room is bored. <laughs> it's like uh, that's a great line, uh, and they obviously. I want to be a jazz guy because <laughs> being a jazz guy seems like a, a way of pissing people off. I don't know what the <laughs> end game is, but it's just great. Uh, it's I, I, I just mm, yeah I just that it's called jazz guy is one of my I mean, I don't know it's at the same time one of my favorites on here just makes me the most uncomfortable to listen to. Yeah, I just get based it. on the mix and based on what they're trying to do and make you really uncomfortable, uh, make you feel what maybe what black people feel like listening to white jazz, which is kind of what it's about. Oh my, that's the line, mm-hmm. right? Where he's like, "I want to play jazz for white people." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to play black music for white st- people. <laughs> I want to play black music for white, people, which is an uncomfortable it's, line, obviously, it's <laughs> uh, but it's it's uh, uh, truthful and hilarious, but like also scathing. Uh-huh. I mean, once again. 
Randy Newman. Yep. Right. <laughs> Ooh, Randy Newman should get together with the presidents. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey there, Chris. <laughs> I, I got something for you. Does he sing when he talks to people too? Yeah, probably. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Just thought I'd check. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know what else to say except again, it's the uncomfortable one, but it also makes me laugh. It is very funny. Yeah, I, I, I think the the project of this song is very easily identifiable, mm-hmm. and it's in, it's out, it's simple, mm-hmm. fine. Well done. Uh, wait, so I, have, I feel like I have notes on this next one. It might be... Meanwhile, back in the city? Yes. This is another mm-hmm. one. This is another one where uh, the gimmick uh, is gone. Like, they this, this is an old school precedent song, mm-hmm. but it would have been about, you know, uh, you know, this would have been Bug City. Right, yeah. This is like the sequel to Bug mm-hmm. City. You know, yeah. Just just put something. You know, add a little bit of uh, what do you call? Uh, what's the word? Can't think of the word when you make a surrealism. Sure, or yeah. Something. Put put that in there. Absurdism. Yeah. Add a character. Uh, to make it a fucking bottle of lotion that's talking to you or something. It's just you know, it's uh, making something uh, anima but words. <laughs> I'm not drunk or anything right, right now. But I can't think of words <laughs> right now, Nick. Fuck me. This is terrible. Good luck on your next yeah, podcast. Yeah, so much. Um, but the, the, the whole thing yes. is about like not wanting to live in the mm-hmm. city. And there are so many like just brilliant turns of phrase. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even turns of phrase. It's just great songwriting. And there's another, I feel like it's not, again, There's there, there are rhymes, but it's not strictly, mm-hmm. or I could be wrong. Maybe I could be wrong. Oh, you know what? It is like. No rhyme, no rhyme, no rhyme, and then at the end, it's the last two lines tend to rhyme. Uh, but I'm just looking at it right now, so it is kind of a lot of talk, 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 talk. And then the last two lines rhyme to get you back into the idea that this is music. Um, uh, mm. I think I just wrote down my favorite part of the song, which is "Walking does the same thing, gets me out of here." It's just like yes, gets me out of here because <laughs> he can take a plane. It's just like fucking goddamn it! Like if you don't get excited when that happens, I don't know. It's the best. It's, it's just good. <laughs> I listened to this album twice uh-huh. today, and that time, that that line, both times, got me excited. Yeah, yeah. it's a because I was I was just like it, it was once again. It's not surreal. It's not absurd. Mm. It's not like a clever turn of phrase. It's just relatable and and tight mm-hmm. and good songwriting yeah and it's just like a, a, a banger of a song yeah. like it's fun to listen to mm-hmm. and again has enough like there's plenty of humor in it i mean that's a funny line so that's gonna you know and if you can do that and then also you just kick into high gear like that and make me want to keep listening because you know a song can be like too funny it can be like annoying when it's too funny and sure. uh, this yeah, is yeah. this is funny it's clever uh a l- little more f- format to it than whichever one we were talking about a minute ago that has absolutely no format to it at all where it's just was it last girl on earth yeah that's just mm. not a rhyme in there i don't think uh i could be wrong but it doesn't feel like it at all feels more like a poem this is a mix of a poem and something else a song i guess which is what we're talking about songs this is a music podcast about music hi <laughs> i'm a person who doesn't understand things yeah, I don't know. It's good. Uh, oh, see, again, I'm looking at some of the lyrics now that I don't think I heard because they're going by so fast. Uh, once you taste a brick, you can't chew and talk. 
Saving sanity is no trick when you're living in the room the size of a shoebox. I don't know what that means, and I don't care. Uh, it's it's good. It's all good. I've been listening to a lot of the podcast Punch Up the Jam. Have you heard Punch Up the Jam, Nick? No. Who it does is that? Up your alley. Uh, it was a lady named Miel. I can't remember her last name, but it's also Demi Adijuibe. Do you know who he is? Nope. He's, okay, big Vine guy. He's fucking one of the funniest people on the internet. Um, big wait sorry I'm he was sorry. a big vine big guy. vine guy he was a big guy on vine i'm not saying he's a guy with a big vine god oh, i gross. do i i i want to print out business cards mm-hmm. for fun mm-hmm. uh to hand out that uh-huh. just say my name and uh-huh. then uh former vine superstar uh-huh yeah because who can you can't cross check that can you you really <laughs> it would can't just be really fun <laughs> uh yeah, former vine superstar yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but it basically long story short they do they talk about one song they break it down listen to it and then one of them beforehand has has punched it up as it were so they do some version of uh rewriting the song and reperforming it and it is definitely worth listening to but it's also one of those things is getting me to think about fuck do i listen to lyrics that often and i'm realizing even if i think i do i really don't because there's so much of this shit that flew right past me it depends on the band sure for me mm-hmm. for sure um and it, it it's interesting cuz um i told you recently uh, very recently, it might have been yesterday to get into Cheek Face, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Yes, you did mention them. Yeah, which like Cheek Face. Uh, I'm telling, I'm telling America right now. Uh-huh. Get into Cheek Face. Get in on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. They're great. Uh, but here's also the thing about Cheek Face. Yes, you're hearing their lyrics more than anything else. Like really? the lyrics okay. is the shtick mm-hmm. of the band, okay. and they're making sure that you know that and. Mm-hmm. His voice is like very much like, uh, you know, I'm talking to you right now, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, I uh, other bands that uh, I've kind of been listening to currently, they might not be current bands, although uh, so, semi current. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Motion City soundtracks album because mm-hmm. uh, you uh, want to suck up to Tony Thaxton. That's fine. Always. <laughs> Uh, yeah, recent, I actually was not a big fan of this album originally, but I, I now I'm. It is the one I'm listening to. Uh, but my dinosaur life, mm-hmm. uh, that one, the 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 lyrics are like very crisp and clear. Sure, and they're surreal. They're not. They're not super. Um, uh, 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 story based. They're not narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's not like you're listening to like a a a. Fucking what's the uh, cats in the cradle? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little more. My son came home just the other day. <laughs> uh, son was born just the other day. He came out in the usual way. <laughs> <laughs> You're very happy uh, with yourself, aren't you, Nick? It's the weirdest yeah. uh, song. It is. God, weird. I love it. Uh, but uh, meanwhile, back in the city, I would say this is the highlight of the album for me mm-hmm. personally. Uh, it's very relatable. Uh-huh. It's done incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and God damn that uh, Walken does the same thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty tight. I mean, as as uh, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. It, it does. It is kind of the standout of of all of them. And weirdly, again, doesn't really have any. There's no crazy characters. It it is very strange. Yeah. This is an album without those. I hadn't. I had not thought about it. Again, I haven't heard the album enough to talk about it on a podcast. Yeah, no, and but it's I haven't funny heard because it a lot, as much as the others. The, 
I wonder because that's what turned it. That's what immediate. That's what I was struggling with mm-hmm. when I first listened to the album. When I was like, you know, whatever, fifteen through nineteen. Mm-hmm. When when I was listening to this album, and I was just like, eh, well, you know, it's not. It's not. It's not as groundbreaking. It's not as crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like. But the crazy thing is it's not as crazy, which makes it crazier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's also like if if they were going to do it, if they, again, they kind of get back together in bits and pieces and do a few more albums. Uh, sure. if, if there was ever a desire to fuck with your expectations and, and be like, is this is this what we sound like when we sell out? Because they there's no sellout. But is this what we sound like when we sell out? Just to fuck with you a little bit. I mean, it is kind of a because it is the it is like the the midpoint in their album. So uh, <laughs> it would be a way to fuck with you if they if they really look. They to. told us at the beginning that they're not going to make it because they don't exactly. have the talent. They don't have the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't know how to rhyme. Exactly right. <laughs> so you know what are we to expect? Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It's this it is. brought us to the single. Mm-hmm. Which again, Jupiter. I did not know it was a single. Uh, and there's no. Well, wait. So this is a single, but they didn't make a video for it. Is this what I'm understanding? Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they made a single for another song, but for Tiny Explosions. But this is that's fucking weird. Do you have the yeah. single? Were you buying singles at this point? Have you ever bought a single? No, but this was this was the one that was pushed. Mm-hmm. Have you ever bought a single? Were you? Was it a thing when you were younger to buy like a CD or a cuss single? I I definitely bought a cuss single. Okay. at some point. Okay. Although what it was, I cannot remember because my my cassettes are long gone. I had my musical taste torn apart part by Dave Foley about a month ago, and uh, now I volunteered. <laughs> humble brag. I, he is a humble brag. You're right. <laughs> I volunteered it, and uh, just to see how he would react. And but then like the the disappointment seemed more palpable than I was I was expecting. I thought we'd have a little fun back and forth, and he's just like. You could just tell, see, like his his interest in me as a human shrinking, as I mentioned to him, that I own Smash Mouth or that I bought the Macarena single. I'm gonna get him That's exactly Here's right. Here's the thing, and and this is not. Mm-hmm. There is no judgment behind this. Sure. There is no like I am not probing to have you slit your own uh-huh. throat. I this is genuine. Uh-huh. When you buy the Macarena on cassette, it was the CD. Is it? I'll, t- I'll tell you that. On a, uh, so the single on CD, like you do it. it. You do it to, like, do the dance. No. It's like, all right, I'm gonna listen to this. I don't know why I bought it. I guess. Did I like it that much though? The video was terrible. It was popular. I re- I think I went through a brief. Period I don't think where... I ever heard it aside from a school dance. I don't right. think I ever heard it on the radio. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, have they ever played it in a, a wedding? I feel like that's one of those dick moves DJs do, where they're like, "Here's a fucking sure. shit dance song." Um. No, the same with like a two steps slide to the left. Sure. Like nobody's actually listening to that being like, Mm-mm. hey, you know what? I'm going to put it in my car. <laughs> but like if that goes up on a wedding, people are like, oh, shit's about to go <laughs> right. off. Right, 100%. I don't know you why You know, like I the Macarena, it. like fuck the Macarena. But if you're at a wedding <laughs> and the Macarena comes on, n- the, nobody is listening to the fucking chicken dance. Right. Being like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, but that shit comes on yep. at like... Like, you know, your your 20th high school reunion sure. and everybody's on the dance floor. It's true. 
It's true. So I'm trying to picture I don't know that why I attitude it. in a young t- yeah, a young. Yeah, I was like 14 or 15 when that thing came out. And, and you're it. like, I want to recapture this vibe. I guess, man. I've, that I have felt at a middle school dance. And I remember the shame I felt not a year later. I'm like, why did I buy this? I markered over the whole CD. like, But I kept it. I still have it. I have I have the market over the, version. Well, of it. I mean, you are a hoarder. Yeah, I get 100%. that. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I don't know that XTC's Waterfall single. Uh, what else did I get? Uh, Real McCoy's Another Night. Um, hmm. The Cuban Pete single from the movie The Mask. But but uh, to be fair, in retrospect, that was uh, mm-hmm. produced by Weird Al. It was produced by Weird Al. It's <laughs> one reason I've kept it. You're- you're a weird Al completist. Yeah. Martin Page is in the House of Stone and Light, which is now a weird running gag between a few friends of mine and I. Um, now, Cuban Pete. Mm-hmm. That is from I Love Lucy? Uh, I mean, that, I believe, is one of those places where it got popularized. I don't know if it was a Desi Arnaz, like, like a song he that, had done that's on That's a Desi before. Arnaz jam, right? But, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know the history of it, but yes, for sure. And then they put it in the movie and... Weird Al produced one. Ironically, of the on it. yeah. Mm. So I don't, I don't know. God, that movie's terrible. Anyway, uh, the mask, not, not at all. Yes, it's uh, it is fine. No, there's no way. There's no way that's yes, still. Yes, it is redeemable as hell. How? Genuine, genuine humor. <sighs> okay. Physical acting. Uh-huh. Beyond. Uh huh. Beyond. I mean, insane physical acting. Obviously. Sure. Jokes. Not horrible. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will say that, like, as actual joke writing, mm-hmm. that movie is passable. I'll have to revisit it, maybe. Maybe. Definitely. I loved yeah. it at the time. Um, so, Jupiter. Tell me why you love Jupiter. I like it. I will I will say, yeah, it's a, it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely... This, to me, like, you know, kind of a, a spiritual... Uh, whatever uh, 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 spiritually akin to something like Volcano uh-huh. where it's like you take like a weird not even weird just like a, a thing mm-hmm. and then you're just like alright where do we go from here like it, you take this jumping off point mm-hmm. of like this planet right? and then you're like alright what's my take on it right. and it's like guess what Chris Ballou's got a great take <laughs> on it What's the story of Jupiter? And that's, that's what... Or what's my story of yes, Jupiter? Yeah. What's what's its character? That's why, like... I mean, this is one of the reasons why he's a good children's songwriter, is you have to be able to find a story and a character in anything. And that's... Yeah, a point of view mm-hmm. that's innocent, straightforward, and great. Yeah. I, again, I'm real also, reading... Also, once again, now, but... great melody line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is immediately just stuck in your head. Jupiter is a pure planet. Pure, 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 pure. Uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm just reading the lyrics now. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, my favorite is, uh, we blast an astronaut through the gases. We do our best to <laughs> save their asses. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Man. Yeah, I don't know. I Also, you're going to win me over if you do a song that's about space. For some reason, I don't know. And also, I should point out the next two songs are also, at least in some way, mention the word star. Um, so yeah, all three sure. songs mention star. So they are related in that way, uh, even though Superstar is not about. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do like when he personifies a thing or, again, tells the story of a thing 
that who's writing a song about you Ju- wonder why jupiter see these are the things i wish we had him on here so we could dig into why jupiter i don't know if it matters i mean like if he had written a song about neptune i don't know if he'd be like well neptune because blue mm-hmm. uh, equals the uh, uh frequency of and then we're like <laughs> and our minds blow up our uh, i mean like he could have written a song about anything if he had done it with this kind of this kind of avenue, mm. it would have been the same thing, right. you sure. know. Um, he just happened to uh, 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 sidle into the. I mean, you know, it's the same thing of like, could Douglas Adams have been Douglas Adams if he had been writing for another show other than Doctor Who? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, if, if 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 fucking Douglas Adams somehow had been writing Murder She Wrote episodes, <laughs> like like we would we would be looking at those Murder She Wrote episodes and being like, oh my god, look at this weird <laughs> shit that Douglas Adams was doing. That's you know, fair. that is fair. There's a line here that just says, "Please send more human race to fill the empty space." I like yes to fill the empty space. I, like it's treating so good. human race like it's a spice container. Like send more human race, please. <laughs> like that's, I don't know, it's so beautiful. Yeah, but also the, the way that the human race is treating uh-huh. itself. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. I'm just like, yeah, expanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to fart into, the, you know, a gas occupies the maximum space. Uh, yeah, it's nice. I don't know. It's it's uh, a lot of their songs are very much about uh, or, or seem to be about sort of, I don't know, the damage we do to things. Uh, and that's, you yeah. know, once we get to. Just poke either, and destroy later yeah, it's one of my favorites. Once we get to poke and destroy, which is on a different album, we're getting yeah, there. We'll get there. Um, either the uh, uh, sort of the inability to like be super self conscious about mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. like to be that bear. I mean, right. th- th- that's kind of a, a, a shtick here on this album. And once again, that honesty is part of this move, like mm-hmm. this move to be like, yeah, we, we're not hiding behind a gimmick. Right. That's fair. And once again, I loved that gimmick. It's mm-hmm. what got me into the band. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it's abundantly clear that you like that the band, the presidents of the United States of America. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're about to uh, enter into a problem, though, because I do not have a lot to say about Superstar. That's fine. I mean, neither do I. Um, it's fine. Uh, yeah. And I this mean... is no. Uh, <clears throat> this is no slight against Dave Dieterer. Mm-mm. I think he does a great job singing. Mm-hmm. It's a fine song, but mm-hmm. we're in route. Yeah, that's fine. We can. We can. We can. There's a lot again. A lot more space imagery. Again, they, they three things in a row that have a lot of space imagery. Yeah. I'm not sure. This one to me feels the most and maybe this is like forward thinking. Like this sounds the closest to an alt rock song to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's with modern ears that I'm hearing it. I mean like if you listen to like a, a an Apple Music or Spotify or whatever the fuck you listen to, you fucking sheeple. <laughs> Playerist that's uh, mm. identified as alternative rock or indie rock. Right. This this song, if you put this song in that list, people would be like, yep, this fits. Right. I want to look up, because I don't know anything about music, 
Uh, I'm going to look up the top albums of 2000. Um, let's see. No, see. I don't, okay, there we go. Top 20 albums. Oh, well, this is according to Pitchfork, though. Is this is this the actual top 20? It's just their mm. their picks. See, this is all shit I've never heard of. No. I'm going to see if uh, there's any albums that we've covered mm-hmm. in the podcast that I produce. Uh-huh. Uh, called Less Rock, More Talk mm-hmm. with Connor McGrath. Uh, I don't know if we've done 2000. I'm, I just, I, there's two bands, no, three bands now that I've heard of. Again, these, oh, there's Modest Mouth. I don't know. I'm just trying to, Modest you Mouse. can okay. give me a better idea maybe then of how this compares to stuff that came out in 2000, other stuff that came out in 2000. 99. A lot of 99 we've done. Uh-huh. Am I just clicking the same list again? Okay, 94. 2004. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done 2000. But also we're doing the mainstream rock charts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 2000. Yeah, I don't know. Let's, let's uh, top, top mainstream rock album. Bandcamp is offline for a moment, so now I can't listen to Cheek Face. I just thought I'd, I'd point. Oh, there we go. Now it's back, back on online, and I can listen to Cheek Face once we're done. Yo, get into it. Uh, uh, the, the album is called uh, Therapy Island, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's great. Awesome. Uh, I just I don't know what I in, in two thousand. Where the fuck was I even? Was I? No, I was back home. Oh, you know what? I was getting in XTC, so I didn't. I was listening to nothing new. I think XTC did have an album out around that time, and it was great. But again, it's not anything that sounds like anything else that's out there, and I don't imagine this is either. I could be wrong. Mm. Uh, all right, here we go. December 30th, 2000. And this is not. It would have been three doors down. Oh, boy. Oh. And that's the mainstream rock charts. Mm. That's not alternative. Right, right. Three doors down. God, what was their mm. hit? What was their... Uh, oh my god see i confuse them in matchbox 20 and the other ones i don't they're all the same kryptonite oh god right i i just got in trouble for this the other day because mm. uh somebody just said something about mm, i'm gonna do it again mm. it was either <laughs> disturbed mm-hmm. drowning pool or a third one okay. whose name I'm not remembering right now. Sure. But uh, uh, they they said something about that band, and I was like, is that the one who does this song? And they were, they like gave me a look, and I was like, look, I literally <laughs> confuse these three bands mm-hmm. all the time. It's Here's what I confuse. Three Doors Down, uh, Third Eye Blind, 311. and Dog's Eye View. <laughs> now, Dog's Eye View had one song. If I'm not mistaken, they had one song, period. Um, but... Stuck in my mind. Three dog night. Yep. Th- see, and that uh, I mean, it should. Oh yeah, there we. Go. Dogs have you <laughs> did, did three doors down to uh, 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 joy to the world. <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, and wait, three doors down. Wait, what was the one with the guy? Uh, whatever. I give up. I'm not gonna. Oh, Matchbox. There was the dude with the eyes. I also confuse him with Matchbox Twenty. Because they've got a number in it. Um, Dogs I View. I will say everything falls apart. Death Star is a low point on this album. It's so this it and it's all um, just uh, pitched down Chris Ballou, right? It's just 
like slightly pitched. That's down. what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Again, I mean, it's fine, but mm-hmm. like for a band that is infamous for creating mythologies, mm-hmm. it is jarring mm-hmm. to do pop culture. Like, right. there are bands that do pop culture things. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, MC Chris is sort of a, an excessive one, you know. But, like, you listen to, like, you know, I'm Boba, the fit, I'm driving, that's my cool. vet, you know. Like, that's that's his thing. Sure, if you, okay. ex- yeah, if, if it's expected, it's, it's a little less, like you say, jarring. Yeah, to have Star Wars <laughs> in a band that is, like, so... Just just famous for creating mythologies. Like, right. you know, Chiggy or Bug City or, you know, any of these things. Because they use, I think, the Death Star... No, they use Darth Vader and Princess Leia as, like, points of reference in other songs, but they're blown past in favor of other things immediately after. It's not the whole song is about this one pop culture reference. It's, it's very yeah. weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we're getting into a point of this album where I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay. I was listening to it today, and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I I actually really, really, really like Blank Baby, though, and that that's the next one. I, I like this a lot, if only because, in part, it's about a lot of things I think about a lot, which is about, right. you know, like what, uh, why we are who we are and uh, creativity, whether or not you can actually be creative when every influence that's in there is in there always and you can't deny it um and it's one of the ones which that actually seems ironic after following it is Death true. Star. it's very true <laughs> like they're fully aware of what's going on so i don't know it's i really i don't know i really like this one in terms of it sticks with my and it's also got a good hook but uh it, it's in terms of thematic stuff on this whole album it's the one that sticks with me the most it's also a little bit more classic presidents mm-hmm. very much so a little bit more riffy. I don't mind the repetition in this one, uh, really. Um, yes, it's, it's used. It's used. That's well. funny. Yeah, I th- I forgot about the repetition because it didn't stand out to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's mm. at least at least overtly seems to be about that. About like again, you're born blank, and then you know it's. But although Tabula he says, Rasa. exactly right. Thank you, Nick. But then he says, I'm still a blank baby, but the world would rather see me dead, which <laughs> there's a lot going on here. There's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. These lyrics are, are, are I, I have not done the work to really dig deep, but that that's enough to stand out to me. It's not, you know what my, here's how my brain does it. It's like, okay, if I could write a, if I had a, th- a theme song in mind for a show or I'm writing a scene, like, would this be sufficient to get that theme across and I wouldn't be stretching? And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, yep. So it's stuck with me, and that's what that song's always going to be about. Well, so I usually don't dig much further into it, I, which is kind of shitty, because that means I'm looking for a very surface appreciation of a song always, but I don't know. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. You understand what I'm saying? You pick, I, picking I, up yeah, what I'm, I'm smelling putting, what you're stepping in. Thank you so much. I, 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 I didn't know I was stepping in anything. Thank you. <laughs> you, let me tell you something. You're always stepping in something. Oh. And sometimes it's your mouth. I just figured like if somebody's going to continue sure. at a, a minute 40, yeah, like right? that would be 
like the true decider if we did that. <laughs> and then they'll be like, you okay. know what? I need to make it through the last three tracks right. of the album. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the next song is I'm Mad. Yeah. Uh, banger. Yeah, it is. This is a banger. Uh, uh, I can't pull it up because my phone's dead. I was going to. Uh, I'm going to say that this is this is a little bit more akin to old presidents without like the the like uh, 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 kind of more uh, uh, surreal elements of it. Sure, and it is incredibly straightforward. Just saying, I'm mad, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but also uh, kind of fun mm-hmm. that it's so simple, so punk. Mm-hmm. This is the most punk song on the album, right? Yeah, that's true. I I sort of uh, I I forget that those roots are there sometimes when they're busting out so much country, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So right. you know. Although I I was recently listening to a punk song, and uh, with a buddy, and I was just like, you know what? If you just threw acoustic guitars on this, this would be a country song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see you do that with some choice punk songs. God, I'm gonna do my punk country album. Mm-hmm. Please, that'll be fun. Holy crap. Uh, everybody look out. <laughs> I'm taking down the patriarchy. Is that? Oh, I didn't know that was your goal. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we have anything more to say about I'm mad? I can't think of anything else to say. I mean, it's, it's great. It's very straightforward. Fair. Um, and we've got one other song that is not, again, a bonus. The track. last song on the original album. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is just called Head Note. Very country. And I love... I love the idea that of uh, this in this session of them just recording an album in a week, mm-hmm. just being like, "How do we finish it? <laughs> how do we? How do we like head out Ooh, with a bunch of yelling?" There it is. Mm-hmm. We're heading out, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of yelling at the end. It's very country. Yeah. Uh, again, I love when they go country. It makes me very happy. Uh, I don't always, but like also that. very grungy. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, mm-hmm. I mean, this might as well be an Alice in Chains riff. Sure, I I know Alice in Chains. I don't know Alice in Chains, but I... They could have stopped the rooster. They could have stopped the rooster. That's my favorite. That's what it sounded like. You just... I mean, your, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> And next up, uh, <laughs> number 10 on the charts this week, Allison Chains with Couldn't Stop the Rooster. Here we go. We've got a long-distance dedication, dedication <laughs> from Debra. <laughs> <laughs> I still uh, uh, live in a world where at some point, Casey Kasem had to say, and top the charts from Hoobastank. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, the cut, and uh-huh. then just like, can you believe this yeah, shit? Are they even that? trying anymore with band names? <laughs> Hoobastank. Hoobastank. What does that, what does that even mean? What the <laughs> hell is this? Can you get Don on the phone? Give me Don on the phone. Yeah. Uh, Goddamn dead dog. You, you know what Hoobastank means, right? I don't want okay. it. Okay. Uh, right. So, heading out, close mm-hmm. out the album, and yeah, fine. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's literally a way to, they get very literal, as you say. Um, I mean, it's not as literal as the second album. It's, you know, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, sure. Which I love. But once again, it's it's pairing it. It's like tightening everything. Mm-hmm. It's not like 
it is simultaneously like the highs are higher and the lows are lower mm-hmm. because the surrealism kind of like encapsulates everything into this two lane highway right. where this is like a four lane highway. Mm-hmm. Like it is farther apart that uh, you have to go to make like things uh, 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 resonate if they are to be not as surreal. Mm-hmm. Like you can't define things as surreal. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Do you have any thought? I, I did not prepare you for this line of questioning, so you can feel free to plead the fifth. Um, Great. Would you, looking at the track listing, would you have? And again, this is not what we normally do, but would you would you resequence it in any particular way that would make the album more conducive to your overall enjoyment of said album? No, no. No, I wouldn't. I think it's I think it's really well done uh sequence-wise, especially with where uh like as far as an album is concerned and like the pacing of an album and like where you want things to fall. I think Last Girl on Earth and Meanwhile Back in the City are the, like the super like the great moments mm-hmm. and they they allow you to get into you know, the, uh, they 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 build up to those moments and allow you to like come down from those sure. moments, especially with something like Jupiter coming back from Meanwhile in mm-hmm. the City. Like that's like a great like banger punk rock mm-hmm. song to like take you off of like a, a more uh, for presidency of the United States quote unquote heady yeah. track. Okay, that's reasonable. Have you have you have you, you thought about any of the other albums? And if you would resequence them, is it, is it anything? That, I don't think about this, and I only hear about them talk about it in other shows. But it's funny because I've never really thought about resequencing an album because uh. when <clears throat> an album is sequenced well, mm-hmm. that's when I notice it, and when yeah. an album isn't sequenced well, I don't notice it. Like I'm like, that's fair. Uh, these are a collection of tracks. Mm-hmm. But maybe now I'm going to start thinking about that more. That's uh, interesting. I, I'm now wondering though that now that I said it out loud, I feel like presidents for me. I rarely listen to for just you a, just a track. I think I listen to the full album usually, and that's not the way yes. with most bands. Even my like other favorite bands, I just like yeah, I'll, I'll pull out a track here and there. Maybe you're XTC. not listening to like uh, like just uh, 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 the Banana Boat song. You're listening to an entire Heller, Harry Belafonte. Exactly album. right. Thank you so much for uh, pointing out my, you know, blistering <laughs> love for Harry Belafonte and his Glypso Magic. Um, shake, shake, shake. See, <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird that you bring him up though, it's just because I've been reading so much about him lately because of the shit I've been studying. It's very weird that you would bring that up. Um, it's very strange. Studying. I'm not kidding. Uh, for for the book I'm writing, I'm having to do so much research, and he's coming up a ton. I uh, I recently had to do uh, had to. I was forced to do a show. Uh-huh. Uh, I was invited to do a show mm-hmm. because somebody is much nice. And um, uh, the the shtick of the show is you have to make somebody laugh within sixty seconds. Oh wow! And uh, for one of them, I. Uh, basically just played Harry Ponte and uh, uh, danced and lip synced to it in an attempt to make this person laugh. Uh-huh. And it did not work. It did but not work. All right. The audience loved I it. I bet they did. <laughs> because, I mean, first of all, it's Harry Belafonte. There's a lot of joy. Standing O. <laughs> as, as it should be. As it should be. He's, uh, he's a weird, interesting person. I, it was, I'm not researching Harry Belafonte for the record, but he's coming up a lot. Um, uh, uh, also, a close advisor to MLK. Um, weird. So, 
how do we end these? Um, I do don't we know have what a we shtick? Normally do. do do we? Uh, I don't know. We don't have a shtick, really. We just say, "Hey, fun album, bro." We usually just have to go. <laughs> We're like, "Oh, this has gone on a long time. Yeah. And we need to I leave." Mean, that does happen sometimes. Uh, or we've got, uh, you know, a guest. We've only had one guest. How am I treating that like it's a, some sort of a standard to go off of? Um, I mean, one fifth of the time. <laughs> uh, you know what we can do? We can just do the typical, hey, Nick, this won't come out for who fucking knows. But what do you have to promote? Where can people find you? I want to talk about, I want to wrap up this album first. Okay, that's fine. Before we get to plugs. And I want to say that this is a great album. Yes. Um, and when I first listened to it, the fact that the, the, the gimmick, and once again, I'm using gimmick in the term that I defined an hour and a half earlier, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, was gone, like really, you know, it, it, it led me to being like, nah, maybe this isn't for me. Uh, but now coming, and when I say now, I mean, recently uh-huh. in the past couple of years sure. coming back to it, it has meant more to me. Uh, I think that the songwriting is tighter mm. and I think that the the sound is more expansive and I love that boldness to take that direction, especially when the first album went double platinum mm-hmm. and not to uh, just be like, how do we recapture that magic? Mm-hmm. What are the kids listening to? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that to me means more and I think that, maybe that's what Dave was talking about in that review is that it is honest and, and a true expression of where they were at the time and what they wanted to hear. And mm-hmm. that comes across in the album. And that's what I love when I listen to it. That's fair. Yeah. Cause like banging out an album in a week could be a real cynical, <laughs> shitty cash grab if it was the wrong yeah. people or you're in a wrong headspace. But clearly they're like, oh, okay, cool. So this will be our like last hurrah. And I was it their last hurrah with the original lineup? Does it change after this? Because I don't, I don't know the history enough. Is Andrew on the albums after this? Uh, and I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, I would assume so. But I could be wrong. Um, I'll have to double, I'll have to double check. But um, love everybody has uh, Dave Dieter. It does not have Andrew. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So he might just have been playing live at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know, you know, uh, another... But Jason Finn's back for the next one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and my computer's being weird. Cool. Fun. Andrew is on uh, uh, These Are The Good Time People. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jason Finn is also on that. I feel like Jason Finn leaves. When does he leave? Don't. No, he's on all of them. Okay. And Andrew's on uh, 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 Kudos To You. So we have one more with Dave. All right. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. So look forward to that, <laughs> listener. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I have nothing else to say except everything you said. So, uh, cu- uh, you know, ditto and kudos. Kudos to kudos you. Kudos to you and ditto as well. I am. <laughs> my brain is What do you fried. have to promote, no, Jason? you promote your shit first. I have not earned the right to promote myself. Oh, uh, what am I doing? Now. Uh, you can check out uh, uh, back catalogs of What's With You Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. more episodes coming at some point uh, that's available on all podcasting platforms it's a podcast barely about Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. uh, past guests have included uh, Tony Thaxton mm-hmm. from Motion City Soundtrack uh, John Coltonberry uh, head writer for Scooby-Doo as well as writer for Phineas and Ferb and a bunch of other things mm-hmm. Uh, as well as you can find me on YouTube Adventures with Bree and Nick and you can and I 
am a co-host for 90s pop culture grab bag uh as well as i produce uh less rock more talk for connor mcgrath and those are available on all podcasting platforms sweet <laughs> sweet um i don't know i gotta go listen to comedy on vinyl that's fine go to stolendress.com that's where all of my shit is and one of nick's shits and uh but- go oh you know go listen to of dyson dens which is uh, our D podcast that i am on and that as predicted is going to i'm pretty sure is going to end up eclipsing everything on the network because it's D related that is just <laughs> the fact no shit like every time dan's dan gives me the new numbers of the listeners i'm like yeah okay cool so you surpassed dan and jay's comedy hour immediately <laughs> <laughs> it's just like because that's a very niche you'd have to, like i think you'd have to be insane to listen to that that's fine if you do great and i appreciate except your for the episode where there's a 99 percent uh, uh parody I'm so glad that he did that i mean he sounds exactly like him i mean what was i supposed to do not have him do a roman mars what what the what, what episode number is it can we pimp I've, just that I have we no do? idea but it, it was last and let year's me tell Christmas you episode i think so let me tell you, listener, uh, mm-hmm. you will mm-hmm. not be able, if you go and find this episode, mm-hmm. you will not be able to not say for the next six months, mm-hmm. woohoo hide. <laughs> so fucking silly. Uh. Armor weave. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, we got to figure out what we're going to do for our Christmas episode this year. We always do something kind of special for that dumb show. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Listen to those shows. Check that stuff out. Um... We don't really have a do, we don't have see we don't do this show often and we don't need a fucking closing thing do we Nick? What do we want to say? And until next time, d- we, we are. are the, uh, this may have been a podcast, <laughs> but we are the presidents <laughs> of the United States of America. That seems misleading. <laughs> <laughs> Unimpeachable, the songs of the Presidents of the United States of America is a Stolen Dress Entertainment production. The show is co-hosted by Nick Robes and Jason Klom. You can find the show in the Stolen Dress Sidecasts feed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find podcasts, and at StolenDress.com. Find us on Twitter at StolenDress or Facebook.com slash StolenDress. On Twitter, find Nick at Nick Robes, N-I-C-R-O-B-E-S, and Jason at J. Klom. J-K-L-A-M-M. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!